Know Your Food with Warty, episode 130. For links and more, visit the show notes at knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash 130. See you there. Hey everyone, welcome to Know Your Food with Warty. I'm Warty in Southwest Oregon, a traditional food blogger at ganalfglins.com and knowyourfoodpodcast.com. I'm glad you're here. This is the podcast where we're all about ditching those poisonous processed foods, breaking free from the conventional food paradigm, and instead embracing whole foods raised, saved, and prepared with traditional methods. It's fun, it's delicious, and it's healthy. You're on your way to looking good, feeling good, and most importantly, doing good. Hey everyone, welcome. I'm glad you're joining me today. Thanks so much for taking about 30 to 45 minutes out of your day and tuning in. It's a great blessing to me and I just really appreciate it. And perhaps you are cooking or knitting or taking a walk or hanging out with the family, whatever you're doing, um, bless you in it. Well, today's episode are, is five reasons that I heart soup weather or I heart soups. I hope you do too. We're going to talk about those five reasons. First, I'm going to start with the tip of the week, which is highly related. It's um, just an easy formula for making a blended soup. And winter's a great time to make blended soups because there's so many root vegetables out there. And when those are cooked and blended up, oh, just delicious soup. So just in general, a blended soup is perfect for someone who's recovering from an illness um, because they need something healing, not heavy. It's also a really clever way to get veggies into children or others who have a difficult time with certain textures. And they're really easily digested and they're full of vital minerals from bone broth and vegetables. Plus they've got healing fats too, because presumably you're cooking with some healthy fats. And finally, you can do anything you want in them. Really, the sky's the limit. You can use up stray produce, um, odds and ends, herbs, anything. So here's a basic formula for blended soups, which, by the way, you can see um, on the blog. We have a formula there for you. So go to the show notes, knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash 130 to get a link, or you can go straight to knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash blended soup. That'll take you to this formula. So the basic formula, you're going to start with um, some fat melted in your pot. You're going to add onions and other vegetables that need longer cooking time, like diced sweet potatoes, carrots, parsnips, rutabaga. Um, tender veggies like zucchini, broccoli, greens, or peppers are going to be cooked for less time. So um, you add bone broth to cover. You can always add more broth later, but you're just going to start with enough to cover the vegetables. The thing is, is you don't want your soup to be too thin. You can always add more later. So just to cover, so just as a starting point, you're going to bring that to a simmer. When the veggies are fork tender, then you season and blend. So an immersion blender is really easy. Stick that thing right in the pot and blend. Just whir it around until your soup is a good consistency. You can have it completely pureed. You could even leave it a bit chunky. Um... You can also blend soup in batches in a Vitamix or a stand-up blender, so go ahead um, with that if you don't have an immersion blender, but just be very careful <laughs> because hot soup can explode um, in a blender. 
if your blender has a vent, keep it open so that hot um, air, that heat can get out and blend on the lowest possible, possible speed. And then you're going to season. So uh, salt, pepper, garlic. You probably had some onions and garlic in your vegetable mix, but you can add more. You can add like smoked paprika. You can add herbs. Um, just season to taste. And that's a basic formula for a blended soup. This formula comes from Lindsay, by the way, on the Traditional Cooking School blog. And once again, the link to see the whole formula and pictures and more of an in-depth um, instruction is at knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash blended soup. Thanks so much for that, Lindsay. Hi, I'm Morty, a traditional cooking expert and food blogger at traditionalcookingschool.com. For years, my family struggled with food-related health problems like eczema and food allergies, but we don't anymore. And I'd love to show you that preparing whole foods with traditional methods is easy, delicious, and super good for you too. So just go to traditionalcookingschool.com free, and I'll show you how easily you can do it too. I'll give you five free videos that include my favorite traditional cooking techniques, plus printable at-a-glance fact sheets as a handy reference. So if you're ready to start looking good, feeling good, and most importantly, doing good, then visit traditionalcookingschool.com free today. Okay, well let's get into the five reasons that I heart soups and soup weather. Soup weather. The first one total no-brainer. They warm you up. I mean, winter, if you asked me if I would prefer hot weather or cold weather, I'd say cold weather anytime because you can warm up. I mean, thank the Lord we have shelter and warm homes, right? But you can put on a sweater, you can um, have a cup of tea, you can cozy up inside, you know, blankets. You can also have hot soup. So it is just so warming. Ah, it's just amazing. I don't know how else to explain that. On a day that you're sick or it's pouring down rain outside, what is better than like chicken noodle soup um, or, you know, taco soup? And it's got like cayenne pepper and paprika and those taco chili seasonings. I mean, what is more warming than the heat of those spices with meatballs and beans? Oh, just yummy. So reason number one, they warm you up. Number two, this is the nutrition. It's a fantastic and easy way to get your broth in. Broth, stock, bone broth, whatever you call it. It's got minerals. It's got gelatin. It soothes your digestive system. It's really good if you're sick or just daily maintenance of health. We all need to have broth regularly. I mean, people on the GAPS diet who are after gut healing, they should be having it at every meal. But it's not just for people who need to improve their gut health. Everybody benefits from stock, and it tastes so good. And soup is a no-brainer way to get it in. So that's one reason that I love the winter so much, because it's so easy to get it into all of us. Soup. If you make that blended soup I was talking about first in the tip of the week, um, and you're simmering your vegetables in stock, they taste so much better simmered in stock than they do simmered in water. Guarantee it. Like, it's not even debatable. So soups, wonderful way to get your stock or broth in. Third reason, they're easy. Like that blended soup I just described to you, they are oh so easy. Here's another example. 
um, from the other day, and I posted this in our traditional cooking school members group on Facebook. Um, it's a chicken soup I made the other day. So I had a completely frozen pastured chicken in the freezer. And yes, I should have gotten it out the night before and thawed it, but I didn't. So I got it out in the morning, it thawed, you know, a couple hours. Then I put it in the pressure cooker and about an hour and 15 to an hour and 30 minutes pressure cooking, the chicken's done. Do it in a little bit of water. Okay, you pull the chicken out, <laughs> cool it just enough so that you can pull the meat off. Then you put the bones back in the pressure cooker and you keep that liquid that the chicken cooked in initially in there. You add a little bit more water, you know, depending on how much was in there, etc. But you're going to add more water and those bones. And then you're going to pressure cook again for like a half hour, okay? Then you bring, you know, reduce the pressure in the pressure cooker, take it off the heat, etc. And um, once you can open it, you've got broth stock there. So you uh, strain the bones out, and then you uh, make your soup. So for me, um, you know, I took the broth out of the pressure cooker, and in the bottom I sautéed onions and garlic in butter. And once those were soft, I added the broth back. I added, um, well, I think I didn't really add anything else uh, um, except the chicken pieces. And on the side, I cooked a pot of rice. Um, oh, I did add something else to the soup. I added a can of crushed tomatoes and then all the seasonings. So parsley, sage, basil, salt, pepper, more garlic powder, onion powder. I even added a couple pinches of cayenne pepper. And um, I probably added some other things, but that's the basics of it. It tasted really good, and I made a pot of rice on the side. And so then for dinner... Um, it was just amazing. It was this chicken and rice soup. I like to keep the rice or the starches on the side because then they don't get soggy in the soup. Um, and then people can have, you know, somebody who wants like a really thick bowl that's less like a soup and more like a, um, you know, a rice bowl. They can put rice and they can do, um, you know, less of the juice and a lot more of the toppings in the soup. Now, I make everybody have a good helping of the juice, though, in a soup because it's that broth, but we can vary that. So that was such an easy soup, and the chicken was frozen in the morning, and by dinner time, through using the pressure cooker, um, we had a gorgeous soup. Now, if you don't have a pressure cooker, you can still make soup so easily because, you know, chick a whole chicken cooks up quickly, especially if it's thawed, <laughs> in the crock pot or in the oven, um, simmering on the stove. I grew up with, um, my mom often simmers chickens and pulls them out and then um, puts the bones back in and makes broth. And then we have the meat to add to back to the soup or to whatever. So it's kind of like the pressure cooker, but you're simmering it. Um, so more info on pressure cooker, just while I'm talking about it, knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash pressure. But that's reason number three. Soups are so easy, whether it's the chicken and rice soup I'm talking about or it's chicken noodle soup, which is similar to what I just described. You don't add the tomato sauce, and we cook brown rice um, curly noodles on the side separately, and then we just combine them in the bowl. Um, chili is really easy. Um, I attended a bridal shower the other day, and 
um, it was just a lovely presentation, but it was a wonderful chicken taco soup. It had black beans, um, corn kernels, a cream base, um, chicken pieces, all served in a carved out pumpkin. It was beautiful and was so tasty. So that's reason number three. Reason number four, soups freeze well. So if you love batch cooking, even if you don't love batch cooking, it's so easy, which was reason number three, to make a big pot of soup. It's as easy to make a big pot as it is a small pot. In fact, I would say it's probably easier to make a big pot than a small pot because the quantities of food we're talking about, if you're just putting them in the in the pot, they just add up to be such a good quantity. Well, soups freeze so easily. So um, freeze your leftovers. And that is really batch cooking as, at its easiest. And it really comes in handy if you're sick or tired or busy. Like if you, if you made a big pot of chili and you eat half of it and you freeze the other half, not only is the family not tired of it um, if you have it too much initially, but next week or two weeks from now when life is really crazy, like, you know, holidays or school or whatnot is happening in the winter, um, you pull that out of the freezer and you have dinner. All you have to do is thought. And you could, I mean, if you freeze it in a Ziploc bag, you could cut it out of the Ziploc bag, put it in your pot, turn the heat on low and thaw it while you're heating it up. So really, really easy. An option here although it's so easy to freeze a, f a finished soup, but it just goes without saying, you can freeze ingredients for a soup. So um, if you want to do a blended soup with a base of like butternut squash or another winter squash or root vegetables, you can bake those, um, simmer those, you can cook them ahead of time, you can freeze the chunks, and so then you're just warming them up in broth and blending you can do beans in big batches. You can do meats in big batches and freeze the ingredients and then just put them together um, on the spot for a soup. I mean, obviously, there's some thawing and depending on uh, which food, how you thaw it. But frozen ingredients make a really quick soup, too. Okay, so we're at reason number five. One was they warm you up. Two was it's really a great way to get the broth in regularly. Three, they're easy. Four, they freeze well. Number five. They make great leftovers, and they're really easy to change up so the family has variety. So the first part of that, they make great leftovers. Well, soups are one of those foods, in my opinion, are even better the second day. The flavors have melded together, so it is just like so satisfying and more delicious the next day, in my opinion. Um, it's also easy to change up. So if you have a family member that's like, oh, are we having chili again? Well... Do it differently. So if you had chili the night before and you're having chili for the next day or the next dinner, you know, lunch or dinner, you can do like baked potatoes or mashed potatoes or rice and you can top it with chili. Or same thing with any soup. The soup can become a topping in a rice bowl or a potato bowl. Um, it could even, if you simmer it, and it thickens up like to a sloppy joe consistency or really thick chili consistency. You can even make like sloppy joes out of a soup, like, you know, one of those messy sandwiches. So um, great leftovers, and they're really easy to change up. So those were my five reasons that I heart soups and soup weather. I posted a soup, the, the um, 
pressure cooker tomato chicken soup. I posted a picture of that in our traditional cooking school members group on Facebook the other day. And so many traditional cooking school members chimed in with what they've been doing for soups and why they heart soup weather too. So I was just going to read you some of their really inspiring ideas so that you can walk away uh, from today's episode with some actionable ideas. So Liza said, I make big pots and then freeze leftovers in a large Ziploc or in small lunch size containers for future use. Then when I don't feel like cooking or when I want to give a meal away to someone, I have something on hand. I try to remember to write down on the bag the ingredients. The only issue with this is when people who I give the soup to ask me for the recipe. I don't measure when I make soup. (laughs) Totally. Yep, Liza. Well, that's fantastic. And such an easy way to be, to, you know, work hospitality into your routine because you're freezing it and taking that step. Then it's so easy to be hospitable and generous. Somebody's sick, somebody has a need, um, you've just got it. So Jenny says, we used to have Monday as soup day. I would often use chicken stock, some sort of legume, and some sort of um, meat, like bacon, sausage, or ham. The legumes made it filling enough for my husband, and we'd eat the leftovers throughout the week. However, now we've stopped eating beans pretty much, even soaked ones. So um, I'm struggling to find soups that would still taste good and be filling. I have it on my radar to try out some fish soup with coconut cream in the broth. Wonderful. And yeah, I mean, our diets change. So what I want to encourage Jenny is to, um, you know, just be on the lookout for soups. Gap soups come to mind really for me, like um, sausage or meatballs simmered in broth with like cabbage and tomato. And so if you're not doing the beans, maybe you're not doing other starches, but just load that up with firmer vegetables and the meat, and it makes a really delicious um, soup. And the fish soup with coconut cream in the broth sounds wonderful. Cynthia is writing from Southern California, and she says, I wish it was cooling down. It's still beach weather over here. I still make soup because I love it so much, though. One of our favorites is sausage, potato, and kale soup. I love how bone broth makes every soup we make so hearty and delicious. And I just have to say amen. Even when it's hot, I love soup. You don't have to eat it hot. Let it cool down a bit. And Jenny, for you, sausage, potato, and kale soup, you could do a sausage and kale soup. And you could just load it up with kale or cabbage. I mean, that's the idea I'm talking about. Millie said, and you all know Millie because she's our... um, Nearly every time you write to traditional cooking school, you hear back from Millie. She just takes care of all of you. So she said, lunch today was a super quick egg drop style soup. Chicken bone broth with soy sauce, two beaten eggs, and a drop of sesame oil. My little guy loved it. Doesn't that sound delicious? Melody said, I've already made my favorite roasted winter squash and apple soup as soon as I saw the red curry in the store. And Cheryl says, one of our favorites is a beefy tortellini soup from bone broth and plenty of grass-fed ground beef, squash, carrots, onions, garlics, and tomatoes added in topped off with Parmesan cheese. Yum. And that does sound yum. Cindy, and the reason I'm including Cindy's here is because I have an idea for her. Kind of already came up, but she says, my family grouses over soup because it's not enough food or it's too much liquid. I don't get it. Who knows? But I like it, she says. Throw in a bunch of stuff, add water and bones or broth, tweak, um, 
when it's well, when the broth is cooked for 12 hours, then add bits and pieces from the fridge. Voila, it's a feast for me anyway. <laughs> well, Cindy, I wanted to suggest to you that you make more of a stew um, instead of a soup because maybe it is the fact that it's too much liquid. So rice or noodles or potatoes and have them use your soup as a topping in those bowls. And I think they will feel more satisfied and less like they're just, you know, having liquid. So go over to the thick stew side of a soup. And finally, to round out all these great ideas and suggestions, Laura says, last night my husband made chili with soaked and cooked beans, beef, and peppers. One of my favorite soups is Tuscan chicken and white bean soup with pancetta and tomatoes, or ham and bean soup, or chicken and sourdough noodles, or miso. I love soup. (laughs) That's wonderful, Laura. Okay, so right now, Oh, excuse that. I didn't turn off my phone. And perhaps you hear train in the background or construction. Um, There's a lot of noise today, but it was either do the podcast anyway or don't have a podcast this week. (laughs) Well, I decided uh, that I would hope you guys would be um, gracious with all the background noise. So um, just to wrap up, the show notes are available for you, knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash 130. So what I want you to do is come on by and leave a comment with your favorite soup. That's first part of it. And second is why do you heart soups? I'd love to hear from you. God bless you all and talk to you all again very soon. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope to see you again very soon. Let me tell you what you can do next. You can visit the show notes for this episode. Just go to knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash, and then, without a space, type the number of this episode. You'll get links and much more information about what we've been talking about. You can submit questions for future episodes. I love to answer your questions on the air, so go to knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash questions to submit them. You can stop by traditionalcookingschool.com to get five free traditional cooking videos from me. And finally, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, the podcast app, or Stitcher. If you're on a mobile device, just search for Know Your Food with Wardy while you're in the app. If you're on a desktop or laptop, go to knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash iTunes right in your browser. And while you're there, please leave a rating or review. I love to read your comments and your feedback makes it much more likely that other people will find this podcast. Thank you so much.